one of the big things about in um, areas of poverty versus areas of wealth, you notice the type of places there are to eat in those different spaces. Like in the hood, bro, you're going to see crown fried chicken. You're going to see McDonald's, like Burger King. I don't know, Taco Bell, KFC. That's all like, it's all fast food. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you go to like a nice area, you see like real fucking restaurants that specialize in like good food, but they're more expensive. So that's why they're more in the areas of wealth because they know that people that have money are going to go there. Whereas other places are like, oh yeah, like poverty stricken areas are like, yeah, they don't have money to buy shit like this. So we're going to hit them with the fast food. You know what I mean? It's cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Cheaper, but it's so fucked up and the quality of the food is so bad for you. You know what I mean? It, it's ridiculous. So my, my good food thing is um, Good Food Incorporated. Um, if we had a restaurant that was basically specialized in organic food, but at a nonprofit rate. So if I could get surplus from like farms and shit like that, all those vegetables they want to give away, funding from different companies that want tax breaks, then I can take all of that and I can make an organization that specializes in providing like poverty stricken areas with good food good food yes yeah. so hello anybody and everybody my name is cody wilkinson and welcome to episode 30 of cody cast 101 today's guest has a more dangerous job than you that i can guarantee atticus kane aka addy k lots of a's and lots of k's in that is working on some very exciting new stuff and more importantly what he's working on is focused on serving the underprivileged communities that he grew up in. from cooking up great healthy meals in the kitchen to cooking up fire bars in the booth can't wait until he fully realizes interaction Bronson. As always, thanks for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. You can follow me at CodyCast101 on Instagram, and feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you never miss an upload. Now, without further ado, please welcome back Atticus Kane. All right, we are back with CodyCast 101, and the one and only Addy K has returned to bless us with his Worcester style. So how you doing, buddy? I'm good, bro. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. We were just talking about uh, me going skiing yesterday, and so I've got this backpack that I can basically clip my skis, like I put my boots in my skis i clip them on and then in the gap between my boots and my skis in the front binding like underneath the base of the foot i clip this thing on my skis and then i put a strap on the tip so it's called an a-frame and you basically have like a tent as you hike up and then do that so it never gets caught rags on some shit when you're like going up on trees like if you're not careful you could get like oh (laughs) get pulled back yeah it happens sometimes but that's what I was thinking. No worries. Uh, nothing like that's gonna really mess you up. So yeah. No, also, no, no, just like, like that, but it's more of just like an annoyance, right? Yeah, it's just an annoyance. Oh, that was that was fucking annoying. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, we get a ton of people that ask us, "So, what are you guys doing? Like, can you actually ski up there?" And I just, I just want to be like, "Yeah, there's a chairlift up there and everything, man. Come on." <laughs> But uh, I think you should fuck with people. They're like, yo, you going skiing? Nah, I thought I'd just carry him around. Yeah, man. It's just training for the winter. You know, when I'm yeah, on the mountains yeah. with skis strapped to my backpack and not on my feet. Oh, I bring these everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, these just come with me, man. Come on. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. They stay on during sex, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Wow. Thanks for that mental image. Oh, you're welcome. So you were an arborist. Yes. I work with trees. I climb trees. I cut down trees. But climbing them for the sake of cutting them down or trimming them in places that the bucket can't reach or if it's too high for the bucket, we got to climb it, you know. What's the bucket? So the bucket chuck is just like an aerial lift that goes up 60 feet. And say like there's a tree in between two houses 
and we can get the bucket back enough, but it's a 120 foot tree. We can limb up the first 60 feet with the bucket, but then I got to climb the rest and take down the rest of that top. Okay. So yeah. you're like up there climbing trees. Yeah. Hunt like on a weekly basis, I go up a hundred feet or I go up like 140 feet on the crane at least probably 10, 15 times. When you were a kid and you were climbing yeah. trees, did you ever think I'm going to do this for a living? I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, a lot of people probably don't. Yeah. And then I was like, cause I like rock climbing too. And it's kind of like similar to both. Cause you have your repelling knots and stuff like that. But instead of climbing rocks, it's trees, obviously. And you got spikes on your feet. The thing is, it's a little uncomfortable though, because if you can imagine, it's like a pad that straps to your leg that has then a metal piece of framing that goes to the inside of your leg and it wraps around underneath your boot, uh, your boot, kind of like a hook. And then it just straps on and on the inside part, there's one spike. So you have a spike on the inside of your foot too. Just, just a spike on the inside of your foot. That's the one. Just that. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Um, so do you like swing your leg out and stab it into the tree? No, you just kind of walk up like you're climbing stairs. Really? Yeah, like if these are my legs right now, my okay. two fingers. Imagine the okay. spike on the inside, and then the trees in between is just kind of. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's that's nifty engineering. Absolutely, it's pretty cool. Except for when you're climbing something that has like a really hard bark, or if it's really dead then if yeah. it's really dead, your spike goes right through it. And sometimes you slide a little bit. It's like, that was sketchy. And yeah. then if it's too hard bark, like a birch, which doesn't really have, it's such hard wood and it doesn't really have a good, it's got a paper thin bark and it's slick, especially when it rains. But then when you're spiking up that, sometimes you'll miss your spike. You'll spike in that slides. It throws your momentum. You start going down the tree. You got to catch yourself. You know what I mean? How many times have you done that? I've gaffed out like that probably like, three times majorly one time i fell 20 feet and i just slid down the tree and the only reason i didn't like break anything was because i fucking grabbed the tree with both hands and like used it like a fire pole dude and it ripped the shit out of my hands that was crazy my hands were looking like meat for a while oh dude i can only yeah. imagine yeah dude and then another time i was 80 feet up in a pine and me and my boy were both climbing the tree at the same time because he was going to take one top. I was going to take the other top. It was a hundred and probably 15 footer. We're 80 feet up. He makes a cut. The branch came down and swung and hit me right on my shoulder. And it dragged one of my spikes out, but I just hugged the tree and I was fine. And then I almost fell 50 feet out of a birch because it was leaning out like at an angle. And I went to spike in, missed, swung around to the other side of the tree. I was hanging on like an orangutan. My God, do you not have ropes to like, like uh, rock climbers have like a whole system of pulleys and ropes to yeah. protect we have themselves. A rope. We, we clip this rope with our descender or you can use a knot to our harness. And then we go up as high as we can, as high as like where the best tie-in point is. You don't tie until you get to the top. So say you got to take this tree down you're climbing it, you're limiting it up, you're making these cuts and all you have is that rope that goes around you, around the tree, which like basically that can slide, that moves. That's just basically to keep you close to the tree. So when you fall, you don't go like this. Yeah. Like, you know, I think you're supposed to tie in twice. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> like what they teach you, but we just, for the sake of time, we don't set lines until we get to the top. Yeah, I do solar installs and <clears throat> we definitely, uh, cut corners on the safety stuff with harnesses because on yeah. roofs like we'll if it's a steep roof then we'll harness up until we get the bottom rail of feet in mm -hmm. and then once we have the bottom rail of feet in then we can move our way up and we have something to stand on yeah that but makes sense like like technically you're supposed to have a harness anytime you're on a roof that's over six feet tall regardless of the pitch and that just it just doubles the time it takes to get the rail installed 
And once the rail is okay. installed, then everything kind of goes on top of that. But that's the yeah. most important piece is at least to start is to get the rail in. Yeah. Yeah. It's all for the sake of time, which like, that's why we do what we do too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because if yeah. we were setting a line in the tree, it takes at least an extra five minutes at least. And that's if you've got a sick arm or something, you know, because you, like, if you're going to set your line, there are these little like lead balls that you tie to a, it's tied to a string and you got to whip that up to a tie-in point. It's going to go over the place you want to tie in. You're going to make sure it's sturdy because like, you know, so it's better just to tie in when you're up there. Cause otherwise yeah. you're going to pull your line all the way through, bring it around, then tie in. I don't know. Just it just doubles the time it takes to get you up there. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I can get up a 120 foot tree and probably like, I don't know, three and a half minutes. You know, so that's already that's like, not bad. yeah, it's already like less time. That's like with branches. If it's a straight climb and I don't have to cut any branches and stuff like that on my way up, it'll probably take me like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You're just climbing up there. Especially exactly. the way you described how that system works of how to get up there. You just, climb upstairs basically exactly it, it is easier said than done though like no. I, I yeah. had my boys try and try climbing and my girl my girlfriend she's like can't be that hard like because i come home and i'm beat dude so i i went up i set a line and then came down so she was tied in twice she's going up she gets like <laughs> it took her probably like three minutes to get 10 steps maybe like which was pretty good some of my boys it takes them like 10 minutes to get 10 steps yeah. and then she's like i want to come down you know it's like yeah it's it, it puts a toll on your legs too i don't know it's just you gotta use your body to cling to the tree kind of well i would think that it's more psychological on the height how do you deal with that i like it i think it's like peaceful up there i mean you're away from everything you know exactly. no matter if you go any direction laterally you're kind of still here but if you go up then you, yeah you are just away it's nice yeah i get that yeah you know, uh, up with the crane um i'm tied into the the ball of the crane and it'll just lift me up 40 feet and then you're swinging around up there when it's like moving trying to get you close to the tree and that's my favorite thing ever yeah oh yeah. man uh my buddy cj uh he's one of my best friends that i've met since moving here lives in grand lake and we joke around with him and basically call him a pirate because he's a fucking pirate <laughs> can't tell me otherwise uh he graduate um graduated from college early and went to the florida keys and just like showed up the next day he just like met this guy and got on a boat that was sailing the caribbean islands and got a job on that boat That's so great. he sailed on that for like a year and a half two years and one of the worst stories that he was just he just told me the other day was one of the and this one of the worst storms that they'd been in and they're in like an actual wood sailing ship going through the crib with like actual ropes and actual sails and like yes going near like the fucking bermuda triangle and shit too yes that's ridiculous he's a pirate a wooden boat and a yeah that's <laughs> right there Sometimes so, I wish I was a pirate, dude. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> you got the you got the tats and the the like the style to batch it. He doesn't have the style because he's like a country club kid in Grand Lake, but I just gotta get some hoop earrings and an eye patch. Dude. <laughs> Wear a bandana. That's that's the oh, one. Yeah. That's the one. All right. Anyways, uh one of their like main support lines on the mast snapped. Oof. during the storm so he had to climb up uh well maybe he was already up there but anyways he was up at the top of the mast trying to reconnect the this main support line to the mast mm -hmm. as the as they're in this storm and so yeah. his like he this uh think about the mast in a storm like this he's doing all this stuff and he's where my hand is at the top so yeah. his actual body is moving like 30 feet every few like every few seconds in any random direction and just getting tossed around and that's so sketchy yeah it the way storm. it's storm. wet it's raining it's probably thundering too that's god awful yeah and so the only thing he has is a strap that sits around his waist and then he's got a wood plank that he hooks his feet onto 
So if anything does happen, he can hopefully catch himself with his feet. They realize it's like the 21st century, right? (laughs) I would hope so. But, you know, some people just want to live like a pirate. That's actually so sick, though. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. Being up there in a storm, like, if ever I'm up a tree, like, at the top, bro, and it's mad windy, the entire thing is doing that, and that's sketchy because you start to hear the wood creak, and you know we're taking this tree yeah. down because it had a chance to blow over anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, when you're up there, or when I've been up a dead tree, probably, like, 80 feet, took probably a 3,600-pound top like off of it so all that's left is the trunk the thing's dead i take that top so much weight came off of it and moved forward and moved back and it creaked so hard bro and trees rot from the bottom up and i was like this sucks dude i don't want to go for an 80 foot ride right now you know oof trees rot from the bottom up that makes sense yeah so are you saying that you would have just like 9-11 that shit my boy turned 9-11 into a verb wow (laughs) 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 fuck but nah dude i'm saying like if the tree like if it breaks at the bottom it's going over and me being at the top i'm going boom with it you know what i mean falling straight down it's bringing you out on to who knows what you know doesn't so, matter, dude. You hit the ground from 80 feet, you're, you're dead. Yeah, you're toast. Only person I know that survived that is this this kid that my little brother hangs out with. Um, he used to do tree work. He didn't know how to climb, but he told them he did. So they're like, all right, go up the tree. So he goes up. He's 80 feet up, dude. And he goes to tie in and unclips, and he tied it on a dead branch. And so when he goes to repel, the thing broke, and he instantly went down 80 feet. Landed on a pile of wood chips on a chainsaw, and the chainsaw broke his back, but the wood chip saved his life. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. You have a dangerous job. I think it's actually the most dangerous in the world. They're second to, like, crabbing. I think it's up there with it's, – it's either most dangerous or second most, and crabbing is the most dangerous. I don't remember, but – Not, like – military no there's a lot more casualties in tree work than the military i believe Holy especially shit. in today's day and age actually some some kid that i knew dude he just got he got killed two weeks ago bro it was terrible fuck man yeah be careful dude do you have like do you want how long do you want to do this for i don't know <laughs> it's not really like there's an i mean it's not really like a means to an end thing. It's something that I want to have in my repertoire, you know, because like I go and price out if I was to go do a side job, like once I get good and I can do, I mean, for the sake of what everyone should be hearing, um, once I'm able to do my own work, you know what I mean? Even though I kind of already am, but like I can go make, if I price out a job, typically in a job that'll take me an hour will cost around $1,200. Okay. So $1,200 an hour is a lot better than the 25 that I make. You know what I mean? That is a lot better. Yeah. But you so got to like think they, about like equipment that you need to buy. And I have all my equipment. You know what I mean? I already, I already do a little bit of side shit, but I, my boss gets so mad. He's like, he doesn't want anyone doing side work. And if he finds out you're doing it, he'll fire you. So it's like, you got to be real low key about it, you know? Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's one, it's dangerous. And two, there's like live, like legal liabilities. And yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, it's only $1,200 a year to fully insure yourself as a climber. Well, there you go. Just do yeah. like one job a year. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's for the full year. And if I do, like, just on a weekend, bro, if I just did a couple jobs, still making 200K a year at least, if I'm getting those two or three jobs a week, you know what I mean? And the rest of the time, you're whatever it is to do or anything else. So it's like, that's what I mean. It's a good thing to have um, in terms of like, 
oh i need knowledge. to go make money i can go fucking set up a tree work i know people that want trees down yeah yeah uh you would probably have to like set up your own llc if you wanted to no no nah, dude it's like a landscaping crew wow you know what i mean yeah you don't need llc's for landscaping jobs right exactly maybe i don't know i actually don't know that <laughs> dude you don't even have to like you don't even have to get taxed for it you just ask them for cash and then nobody knows it's literally off record off books yeah yeah private transaction yeah i know a lot of people who do that with a lot yeah. of stuff i actually did that this winter with uh the decathlon house they just like appreciated i and i, I told them like i would have done it for free but uh they're like we're not letting you do this for free so they gave me 60 bucks every day i worked and to just, that's it cash yeah, just, yeah yeah and i already had like a part-time job so i was still getting some stuff in and it kind of like helps balance it out because last winter was rough in terms of like my work i just didn't have a lot of stuff going on uh yeah exactly we get that type of thing going on too but then like i said you're hurting you need money gotta pay rent you fucking go do a tree job and then you're good yeah <laughs> like a month yeah um so something i wanted to ask you uh do you think and you're you are someone i feel comfortable asking this and you're someone who i've met that and i i know i've talked to you about this before but you lit you grew up in a different world than i did yeah know? yeah that's and true. do you think that if we had a more competent and robust social safety net your your upbringing would have been different uh better i mean what do you what do you mean by that kind of well you said like it costs 1200 bucks to insure a tree climber and like i gotta pay rent and there's no not a lot of job opportunities last winter and yeah. You know, like you grew up in a in a neighborhood that didn't have a lot of opportunities and there's heroin addiction like in your football team and yeah, and teammates die and and like my high school football team experience was the best it could possibly be in the whole country. Like everybody was so bought into the culture and like the families were great and the, the community was great and like there's so my high school is in a neighborhood and yeah hundred year old dudes go to every single high school football game that have lived in that neighborhood their whole lives. See, that's like, nuts. We just had drunk parents on the sidelines. <laughs> like it's so different. So yeah, my community was not one that was in the same circumstances that yours were. And oh, absolutely. we're yeah. in this conversation right now uh, nationally about change and how there's so much actual shit that's going on every single day. It seems or like something new is just like, Oh my God, like that's crazy. Who wrote this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the big conversation points is how economic inequality is becoming a huge issue in the, in the country. So oh, it's preposterous, dude. Like just speak I on that. All right, I got you. So in terms of areas of poverty, we experience such different things because it's like we get hit with consumerism different. You know what I mean? So like uh, there's, hmm. a lot, hmm. okay. there's a lot more like drug use and drinking and nicotine addictions, for instance, in, in like my community because that's who the target audience of these big businesses is people that are less fortunate have i don't know less of a less access to opportunity yeah exactly so they just like they target that and there's i feel like addiction and alcoholism is prevalent in all communities yes it's you just different I mean? it, it um it manifests itself differently absolutely yeah yeah for sure but i feel like areas of poverty get hit with that shit so much more you know what i mean you see so many more instances and yeah. i don't know it, it's kind of fucked up because it's like cigarette companies target 
low income areas. They don't really target like wealthy areas as much. And they you also target young, young adults. Exactly. So they get addicted and used for life. Yeah, that's facts. I'm actually quitting. I know I'm ripping my vape a little bit, but I got nicotine gum. This is like the first time in a week that I've ripped a vape, you know? Yeah. Good. Good for you, man. Yeah. I will always support people who try to get off uh, tobacco and nicotine because. Oh, yeah. Well, I quit cigarettes, which I smoked since I was 13 years old with the vape. And now I'm exactly. Vape, so, yeah. yeah. Damn, man. My grandma started smoking when she was 14 and she's still alive at 90. Yeah. So you never she know. She still smokes, right? <laughs> she wants to. Uh, we don't let her. Well, she just stopped after a while because it's just like not worth it. But yeah, there's so much health stuff going on, whatever. But anyways. Oh, sorry, back to, back to the main point. Another thing that I wanted to touch on, you know, I got good food on my knuckles, you know, my good food brand, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, I talked about that. The, I don't know if I touched on kind of an idea of the mission statement i'm drawing all this up in the meantime like on a powerpoint trying to get like solid ideas so i can actually get like funding and shit but one of the big things about in um areas of poverty versus areas of wealth you notice the type of places there are to eat in those different spaces like in the hood bro you're gonna see crown fried chicken you're gonna see mcdonald's like burger king shit like that and like I don't know, Taco Bell, KFC, that's all like, it's all fast food. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you go to like a nice area, you see like real fucking restaurants that specialize in like good food, but they're more expensive. So that's why they're more in the areas of wealth because they know that people that have money are going to go there. Whereas other places are like, oh yeah, like poverty stricken areas are like, yeah, they don't have money. They buy shit like this. So we're going to hit them with the fast food. You know what I mean? It's cheaper yeah exactly cheaper but it's so fucked up and the quality of the food is so bad for you you know what i mean it, it's ridiculous so my my good food thing is um good food incorporated <coughs> sorry i'm coming down with a little bit of a illness it was raining at work the other day um but back to that the, the good food thing like if, if we had a restaurant that was basically specialized in organic food but at a non-profit rate so if i could get surplus from like farms and shit like that all those vegetables they want to give away funding from different companies that want tax breaks then i can take all of that and i can make an organization that specializes in providing like poverty-stricken areas with good food good food yes yeah. so They've started businesses that are just like this in California. And I know one particularly in yeah. San Francisco that you should look up, but she takes, <clears throat> she takes leftovers and excess from good restaurants and then makes meals that are super cheap for the underserved or whatever. And she literally yeah. does exactly what you're doing. And this just hasn't happened yet in your area, but it's a matter of time before because food waste is a huge issue in terms of sustainability and environmentalism and stuff. I don't want to and give us the, like, I, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that almost, that almost feels like, Oh, give them the scraps. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. Like the shit that they're no, not. Gonna no, no, it's not. It's, it's still, it's still, it's dude, it's just food and it's good food. It's the same food that would be uh, fed to these people, but instead it gets thrown away. Don't yeah. throw it away feed it to the homeless or feed it to the underprivileged communities that can get broccoli for the exactly. first time in a month or whatever it is available with the with the price you know what i mean that's why yeah. nonprofit is huge because if it fucking with mcdonald's dude what they got that dollar cheeseburger that probably cost them 10 cents to make five cents if that dude like it's yeah. disgusting and it's bullshit and like now if you have real food that fucking like say you have a steak and it was um the butcher had too much and it wasn't being sold so now you're getting it at a discount rate so that steak that would have gone for 15 dollars at a wholesale rate of like the superfluity of it you, you get it at like i don't know two bucks for that steak now you can make that steak into something like i don't know sandwiches wraps salads you know what i mean 
Yeah. You sell that at such a low rate because it costs that little to get it. Yeah, exactly. You're not worried about making a profit margin. This, this is a food truck is the perfect venue for this because you can go to each restaurant and pick up and like so what she has is she has agreements with the restaurants that they like prepare uh shipments for her and she goes and she just picks up shipments of excess food that never really got there and it's not like it's not at all like it's going in the trash or anything like that it's the restaurants are partners with them and they know what they're doing and they, they package this deal and she picks up this thing and she has a food truck. I'm pretty sure she has a food truck. She goes around and she does it. So hi, girlfriend. Hi, baby. I lost your hash browns. You lost my hash browns? I dropped it. She lost the hash browns. She said they're on the stairs. That's crazy. Come here. How are you? Well, I'm tired. Yeah. No, but bro, I think that's a great idea. And starting with a food truck is really good too because it's mobile and like you can go to a wide variety of spaces as opposed to just being in one set location. So I didn't really even think about like that part of it. I was going to set up a stand, but I think a food truck is even better. Making it mobile gives you a lot more mobility. I don't know. I mean, you can, you can go to homeless uh, encampments or you can go to this neighborhood for on this day. Maybe like on Wednesday, I'm going to be in this neighborhood. On Thursday, I'm going to be in this neighborhood for uh, from the hours of four to nine o'clock. And during yeah, the day, you, you pick up the shipment. And then during during the night, you serve dinner. Like that shit on Facebook community pages. And like then people. Yeah. Dude, that's an awesome fucking idea. And then on the loudspeaker as you're going. That's so much. I don't know if, if you know that, but with the food truck thing, bro, you just made it. Bro, I got you. I'm adding that to my pitch because I'm going to pitch it to my boss in probably a month. Sick, dude. And he actually wants to fund it, dude. He's like, he's like, if I donated 80K, I wouldn't have to pay that 80K in taxes. And like, I'm sure other business owners want to do that too. If I could just get funding with this pitch, dude. Dude. Food truck is bought. I can start this up fucking very soon. Dude, okay. And every restaurant that you partner with, they they're doing the same thing where they can donate to you and, and get the tax break yeah so that makes it even better holy shit bro I i'm gonna start you. by just doing it on weekends because obviously i still need to work my job yeah but, yeah um start it up don't but just then like, eventually it gets into the point of i can do this what i want to do while making music low-key but do what i want to do and help try to make a difference in the world and then say i need i need money I don't get to charge that business that I created because it's a nonprofit. I don't get to make money off of it at all for myself. I don't get to cut myself into the nonprofit element and go to a tree job on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or you can go tour on the weekends. That's true. I can do that too. You brought up the music. Yes. And that's the perfect segue. I'm going to make it super harsh, but how's the how's the music update going give me the full scoop on on what you've been working on it's going pretty good i've had some issues with management recently my manager definitely still my boy but terrible manager at the moment he's not reaching out he's not doing nothing bro. i went and recorded some shit like a couple months ago now still haven't gotten any update on it and like the purpose of me hiring a manager is so that like i can go and record and then you get it fucking taken care of. You know what I mean? And yes. he's not doing nothing. So I actually found an opportunity for some new management and um, looking into that. And it could prove to be pretty beneficial. I got some people in Worcester that want to work on some music with me. Some, you can check him out. Like this guy, Casanova Dutch, he doesn't have a lot of views, but he's really fucking talented. And then um, my girl's dad, actually, his name's Abel. He's incredible and i had no idea until we all went on vacation and he found out that i made music and he loved it and he's like listen i got bars too and he started spitting i was like damn good bro and now he's music with me too so it's getting me a little bit more motivated back into it you know awesome good to hear man uh i've definitely heard a lot of bad things about the music industry oh yeah it's ridiculous that's why i'm just right now 
I'm not trying to get rich and famous off of music, dude. I don't really fucking care. I just want to get my my message across. You just want to make music. Yeah, I just want to make yeah. my art. And if people want to check it out, then check it out. And if you don't, then I don't care. That's a perfect <laughs> attitude to have about it. And that's exactly my attitude with this podcast. It's like, hell yeah. I'm like, I don't care about an audience. Like, you're not I'm trying not to be have... Joe Rogan, I'm... you know, but you're just doing what makes you happy. <laughs> I'm trying to do what he does, but like, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to be him because I have yeah. my own goals that are separate from this. And this is a way to improve myself through conversation and like learn about other people's perspectives and that's why i appreciate yeah. you so much as one of my like lifetime bros because you have such a different upbringing and outlook on the world that i just want to extract your knowledge <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? i understand that completely so anyways the music shit is super dope and that also made me want to be your boy so hell yeah i remember dude we were fucking i remember the first the first day we ever hung out we went to chipotle with travis yeah dude and you spit my mind was blown i was like what yeah, the then fuck? freestyles in the truck bro yeah i cannot do that shit but it's it was the first time that i'd really like been exposed to a freestyler too so really bro it, it's like that that's another thing that you were saying and the differences because like where I'm from, bro, everybody's a freestyler. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Everybody I got don't... bars, even if they don't got bars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how, how, how do you freestyle? I don't get it. I mean, I think it comes from having written a lot to start off with. There's no way you can just never have written and just, I mean, you could theoretically never have written anything and just start spitting, but it helps a lot to actually have like a really good grasp of playing with words, you know, because if you write a lot, then you've played with enough words to be able to come up with shit like that on the fly. Yeah. But, that's, that's probably the key then is just to like obsessively write rhymes. Yeah, absolutely. And shit that and, like shit, that's hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the other, like, when I'm at work, I'll just spit random bars. Like, this one's a little explicit, but I'm just at work the other day and I came up with fill the bitch like a devil dog chupacabra. You know what I mean? Fill the bitch. <laughs> like a good. devil dog. Like, you know, like the Drake's devil, dog. devil dogs and a devil dog is a chupacabra. You know what I mean? Just playing with yeah. words. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I love about rhyming is... You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want, but for the first time in all music history maybe not i don't know the english language is the instrument i find that so fascinating instead of yeah. you're just playing guitar or drums well, or like, whatever it's like poetry you know what i mean but it's very abstract like just like there's different levels of visual art Obviously, like with linguistic art, there's very much different levels too. It can either be elegant, it can be funny, but it, it's shit that's poetic, you know? Yeah. I mean, for as long as poetry has been around, people have been playing with the English language. It's just now they're doing it in such a way that's like, I don't know, it just blows it all out of the water. It's, it does. It, it takes that to a whole new level, man. And there's like, you, it's, you, you, um, like Shakespeare, you could argue was like a rapper in his day, you know, where he's playing with the English language in such a way that is transformative, you know, and how yeah. different ways of playing with the English language can manifest itself. And I think hip hop and rap is the like coolest way that it's manifested itself. I love hip hop, man. I'm such a hip hop head. Like, Part of why I love it so much is that I don't understand how they do it either. Every time, like, I listen to a new Eminem verse. He's ridiculous. He's like, actually just, like, a different human. It's, there's, there's, like, God tier, and Eminem is the soul, the soul uh, um, inhabitant of the God tier. And then there's, like, everybody else beneath that. 
I'm sorry. I was on my phone because um, the other day, um, I figured out an Eminem line. You know, and like you get one of those lines that it takes you a while, but then you then you figure it out and you get it. Yeah. Or yeah. So you know, in Rap God, when he says, "My pen'll go off when I half cock it." My pen'll go off when I half cock it. Yeah. So obviously, that's does he double- say half or half? Half. Holy shit. Okay. Do you know who Carlos Hathcock is? No. He was a United States Marine Corps sniper with 93 confirmed kills. And then he like created pretty much the sniper academy or whatever. So he's saying his like he is a sniper with his pen and he like doesn't miss. He's lethal. You know what I mean? It's nuts. He's not wrong. Yeah, and like, but just like saying that, and like, such a small group of people would actually understand that. Like, I didn't yeah. understand until I was talking to my boy that was in the Marines, and yeah. he made it not make more sense. And it's when you figure shit out like that, it's like holy shit. And Rap God came out in 2014. Yes, yeah, so we're years. figuring this out in 2021. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. Uh, in one of Logic's songs, he's got he's like bragging about how he's made it basically. And he found out that there's a group of people that are big logic fans. And every week they get together and they talk about different bars that we, we just did. We're like, dude, this bar with the Hathcock, I found out that it's like this, like that's how crazy this bar is. And they would all talk about the bars that they rediscovered or like just liked that week. And they talk about it. And that's absurd. Logic's See, rapping about how like his fans do that. It's so cool. I try to do shit like that in my music. So, like, if you go back and listen to certain songs, I haven't, I didn't do it at first, but then I started doing it because of the complexity. Um, I try to work that in there so that it has that level of complexity. It's like, holy shit, like, he actually just said that. But the only thing is my audience isn't picking up to the point where they're going to care as much right now. You know what I mean? But I'm trying to get a good grasp on that skill because it's fucking nuts. Yeah. You're it's, it's kind of like rapping in 4d. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Dude, that's, that's a really cool uh, way to put that. Just came up with that rapping in 4d. Yeah. So Eminem is like ungodly at the, at doing this. I could talk about him. And Logic is really good too. Logic is really good. He he's a very good rapper. Um, I didn't listen to his new album yet though. I don't, I don't know what the which one. Um, because he retired and then he dropped two albums this year, <laughs> or uh, an album last summer and an album this summer. But the most recent album that he dropped was the Young Sinatra mixtape, uh, like remasters. Did you hear about oh, that? I thought he- no, I thought he dropped like a Bobby Tarantino 3. That's what somebody oh, was telling me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he dropped Bobby Tarantino 3. He dropped the Young Sinatra Connect Collection Volume 1. Uh, some bangers on this. All I Do, 1, The Come Up, We Get High, Relaxation, Numbers, your favorites on this, 5 a.m., Ballin', Man of the Year, Just Another Day, Dead Presidents 3, Inception, Those are all pretty, pretty old. Walk On By, and then a new song, Tokyo Nights. Damn. And then the beat on the new song is really cool. I remember the young Sinatra dropped back in like 08, dude. All right, I think you're back. I bet. I'm just finishing my breakfast sandwich. You're good. You know how hard it is to eat a sandwich when you're congested, dude, and <laughs> keep up conversation at the same time? Yeah, you can't breathe through your I nose. Saying, dude, it rained at work so bad on Wednesday, and then we worked while we were soaking wet and like, freezing for the next yeah. hours so it just made us all get kind of sick that's not good but anyways young sinatra you were saying something about logic mm. i think that dropped back in like 2008 yeah but, so these are this is a young sinatra collection of like select songs from his young sinatra mixtapes in the late 2000s that's nuts yeah and he's gonna the more so he has to get the samples cleared obviously because he wrapped over famous beats of other hit songs 
like Dead Presidents yeah, Three is a Jay Z song. So, and wait, Warfare no, it's not. It's uh, a Tiger song. Which one? He rapped, he rapped over Rack City on Warvet, which was kind of sick. Really? Warvet? Our yeah, Wars intro, too. Yeah. Warvet. Huh. I don't know that song. Yeah. Look that. it up. So you tell me that you've got some uh, some new bars that you're. Oh, yeah. This is more. It's more storytelling than like. You know, I've been working on storytelling. Sometimes I'll do storytelling. Sometimes I'll do like crazy bars that I think are going to go off. Sometimes I'll do something fast, something ridiculous. It all depends on what I'm feeling. But there's this one beat. See if I can find it. He's got so many bars. He's got to find it. Filing through these, this notebook, man. Actually... I'm not going to lie. This notebook is mostly empty. (laughs) I just just go through random notebooks and write on random pages. And then it's like impossible to find. Yeah. My boss does that with this notepad we have for like lists that we make for inventory or whatever. And he just opens it up to a random page and then we can never find it. And I'm like, dude, go in order of the pages, please. Yeah. Maybe that'll help. I don't know why I do the same thing. I couldn't find it, but here's some of it, I think. Well, Eminem just writes on any random space on the paper and he'll write like a few lines and then like turn the page 70 degrees and move the thing three inches over to the right and write another bar. His shit's so scattered. Yeah, I do. that. I mean, it, it sucks sometimes having your brain act in a certain way that it does because that I wouldn't really be able to deal with that as much, but like writing on random pages and notebooks and just like random sheets of paper and random fucking things like cardboard if it's on there you know what i mean yeah like that it's like fuck yeah and then you can never find it and then i have just so many ridiculous small notes of bars in my phone dude i was going through it the other day i was like what the fuck is this this is what i was just like going off on but let's see i don't know about this one yeah, this one, it, it's storytelling. It, it was like, it's still a work in progress, but some of these bars are going to be for when I drop a song and coming back into it, talking about like kind of what's happened and reflecting on the past in that as well. So the verse starts, crash my bike, I was fucked up. Me and Luck share a tough love. Licking numbs on my feelings. It's what I can't get enough of. Hatred maybe grow stronger. Still don't know what I'm after. Can't hold on for much longer. My life's just one big disaster. One day I'll surely grow older, become much wiser, reflect with laughter. Right now I only grow colder, drinking Budweiser, faking my laughter. Back in troubled times, I was only nine with my knuckles covered in plaster. Used to shut my eyes or I'd steal the wine, sit in my room and get plastered. Years went by kind of slowly. Now they seem to go faster. Don't take no pics for my homies. There's way too much here to capture. Dude. That last bar, uh, years seem to go by uh, faster now. Like that is f- so true now. Every single, yeah. every single day, every single week seems to just fly by now. Yeah, for real, it's nuts. No, we were so talking about to... that like last week. Yeah, we? that's funny. I think so. Yeah, because we were trying to set up a time to do the podcast, and then shit like it flies, and then next thing you know, it's been two weeks, and it we're like, "Fuck, dude, this is crazy." Yeah, I think I hit you up like a month ago. <laughs> we finally so got it going. Yeah, but that's all right. We finally did it. I my, I used to be super anal about trying to get one out a week, and now it just like gave me so much stress about like not doing it. Like, oh man, you should be doing it, Cody. Like, fuck you, why aren't you doing it? But I uh, definitely just released that and it's like, whenever it happens, it happens because it's going to happen. And I don't have a deadline. This is an arbitrary deadline. But you can't let it get away from you. You know what I mean? Yes. So you got to keep doing it. And that is the thing. And I have let weeks go by where I don't do it. And I want to do it more. Dude, I've let months go by. You just (laughs) can't like get to that level where you let it get away from you because I mean, there's not there's not a week that'll go by without me writing. You know what I mean? But there's months that go by without me dropping songs, but it's also because of other issues like management recording. Like if I just get my own, 
my own shit, I should just start doing it myself. You know what I mean? Cause it's, life happens though. Yeah. I mean, you got a good closet, get some styrofoam and get like a, you want to see you what's got in a my closet? closet right now? Yes. Let's see it. What you got, homie? What do you think I got? <laughs> I think you got a dope ass setup with like LED lights that are like, uh, like the no, dorm no. room lights. This is the storage closet, but it's also. Whoa. My what dream. The... Ah. That's just all so much weed, dude. That's one <laughs> pound off of. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just got some rope from work fucking strung it up between a hook that i put in the wall and then some shelving and then hung it off from clothes hangers dude it's so much weed you walk in there it smells so dank oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> wow i didn't i i didn't expect that but i should have <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part you're like yo you got the setup nah bro i just got weed drying <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it's a new, new era. New era. Yeah, where that's the not. pretty successful this year, bro. Like, if I got that one pound from one plant, I think next year I'm going to grow 12 plants. Fucking try and get a pound each. Wow. Are you selling it too? I mean, I will at that point. This pound, I'm not going to sell any of. I'm going to smoke it myself and I'm going to give some away. It's my fa- It's one of my favorite strains. What is it? Blue Dream. Blue Dream. I love the names of weed strains. Me too. It's, They're so uh, creative. Facts. I think next year, though, I want to grow some Durban poison. I fucking love that shit. Durban, po- like, you're just saying random words. It's <laughs> it like, could be, dude. We could issue phone. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is crazy. It's called Pink Asshole. Nuts. <laughs> Yo, I just got this new strand. It's, it's where you hybrid of dragon. Oh, oh, Dragon balls and fucking dragon balls and holy thing. trout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like pick random things that I see. And he's like, dude, buffalo axe, dude. Oh my god. It's called, or when people get like obscure with it. Yeah, this one's called coma inducer. <laughs> <laughs> this strand, yo, it's a mix between I will kill you and murder weapon. Facts. <laughs> We call it we call it TV soccer. <laughs> so passive. What do you mean? Oh my god, my dongle went through the wash. My dongle is looking a little bit sad it's right clean, now. Clean, dude. It's nice and clean though. I'm like scared to plug it into my phone. That'll probably work. Downloading water to your motherboard. <laughs> H H two O incoming. Yes receiving updates but yeah dude i mean those are the bars right now i gotta work on some shit i've got a lot else going but nothing that i'm willing to share right now because other stuff is going to be um released sooner or later you know okay okay within the next the camera gets all subtle i see yeah within the next year i want to i want to have a bunch more songs so i i got stuff written I got some stuff recorded. There's some ridiculous bars on one song coming up. Sick. Well, I cannot wait for that to drop. One of the last things I want I want to get to is the last time we talked, we talked about five year goals. Yeah. What's your January 2022 goal? Um, End of the year goal. I say probably have a plan in place for the food truck, first of all. Solid. Um, second of all, not a house. My girlfriend comes over, she's like, <laughs> for a house. Nah, maybe. Give me like another year for that. So plan in place for the food truck. I want to drop at least five more songs by then, even though that's probably not going to be doable. So we'll shoot for three. All right. Um, three songs, the food truck, and buy a new bike. Cool. What kind of bike do you want to get? Um, I'm I want to get a Harley this time. I had a Yamaha last time. Oh, like a motorcycle bike. Yeah, I didn't tell you about what happened with my motorcycle. I thought you were just so I know you crashed, but I thought you were talking about your bicycle. No, I crashed my motorcycle Uh, like 
in a high speed chase from the police. Dude, that come on. All the court shit, dude. I got six months of probation, um, which I'm lucky about, bro. They fucking, they were good to me about it. That's good. I had a really, really, really good lawyer. Sweet. So I didn't even say anything. He's like, you're not going to testify at this and I'm going to do what I can. And he got me six months of probation and brain injury course that I got to take. So I think, and then like a couple hundred dollars of fines. Yeah. So honestly, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. He killed it. And I was being an idiot too. I was out with one of my friends. Um, we'd had a couple of drinks and we were just going for a ride and we passed this cop going like 60 and he started following us, like took off after us and we're going, we just booked it. He's on a, on a Jixer. Um, I'm on my Yamaha V-Star and bombing down the street at like 110, bro. Fucking getting away from this guy. Jesus. I hit sand on a corner and I, I get, I'm guessing I probably slowed down to about 70 when I crashed, crashed. And then I hit the pavement at 70 miles an hour and snapped my collarbone and got ragdolled down the street. I got the illest scars <laughs> from road rush. I'll show you. Oh my God, dude. So that's just like a patch of fresh skin on his lower side. And then all up here, down the middle. I don't know if you can see as well because the lighting, but I'll show you. Hold on. He's really intent on showing me his back. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly, man. Yeah, dude, it's fucked. What were you wearing? A t-shirt and jeans. No helmet? Oh, I was wearing a helmet. All right. That's the only reason I'm not dead. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I smashed. Um, it was a full face helmet. I'm pretty sure my visor shattered. Probably, yeah. I mean, if you hit that hard, yeah, you have to get a new really helmet, too. I don't really remember exactly what happened when I crashed, but I remember after I got up and ran into the woods because I tried to get back on my bike and it didn't work. It was fucked. My bike got totaled. So then I, I'm in the woods and they ended up getting me with dogs. Wow. Right. <laughs> Dude, it, it, like I'm used to living in a place where the cops don't care that much about that shit. Like they're going to send one person after you out here where I moved to in Whitensville. They had nothing better to do, dude. I had three towns and stadies. There were like 20 cops. Uh, like, it's like, yo, cops. we got a runner. Let's go. They're all excited about something actually happening. Oh, no, dude. It was nuts. I was like, you fucking kidding me, bro? You could have sent one guy and I would have got away. It was this close to getting away. They shut down the street and everything. My boy almost fucking, he was coming to pick me up in his truck. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough, dude. Well, I'm glad you're all right. Yeah. Yeah. Super glad you're all right. I'm lucky. That's that's it. But anyway, go get another bike. Don't be an idiot on it. <laughs> Lesson learned. That's Big that's time. what I ask. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, it was fucking good talking, catching up. This was a this was a great fucking conversation. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Cody. <laughs> of course. Until the next time on Cody Cast 101. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for staying with us for the whole show. Today's wisdom drop comes by way of poet Lewis Carroll. You can thank Atticus for what you're about to hear. Twas Berlig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the momraths outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jub-jub bird and shun, the frumuous bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time mang's gnome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tuggly wood, and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. 
Oh, frabjous day, calucalay, he jortled in his joy. Twas berlig and slithy toves did gyre in gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the moam-wraths outgrabe. <laughs>